Here's the number one fear people have is taking 100% personal responsibility for their life. It's so much easier to blame somebody than to be responsible. There's an old saying, if you want to know what you ordered, take a look at what's on your plate. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to introduce my friend and colleague, Suzanne Hanna. She's a healer, a visionary, writer, and inspirational speaker. She has helped hundreds of men and women move through their fear and pain as a way to live a more inspired and wholehearted life. Suzanne is the founder and creator of The Wilderness Walk, a hero's journey through the darkness and fear of the inner mind and the pain of a wounded heart in order to help others integrate all aspects of their being, both light and dark. Her seven to nine week journeys are changing lives all over the world, and they're leading people on a path to internal freedom. So let's jump right in with my guest, Suzanne Hanna. All right. I am so excited to have a dear friend of mine. Now, one of the things I remember about you, <laughs> I got to tell, oh, no. I got to tell the <laughs> New York story. We, we met, <laughs> we met at a conference in New York City and it was, it was one of those moments where you're the only woman in the room and you don't know anybody else and you have to kind of socialize with people to get to know each other. And for some reason, you stood out to me. And I remember mm. talking to you and then we went to lunch and then we went to dinner and it was just, <laughs> it was this moment where I was just like, she's so funny. We had such a great time. And I, it was like this instant connection. And I love that we have stayed in touch, but to talk about the craziness of that weekend, but it was just, <laughs> it was, we were innocent. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but, um, <laughs> I'm never yes, innocent. That was, <laughs> it was an amazing weekend. It was an amazing connection and I'm so grateful our paths crossed truly. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of the breaking point or the opening moment of both of our, of both of us kind of transitioning into our new businesses, our new, our new yep. shift. We were, we were both looking to move in a different direction and, yep. you know, it's funny, I write, I write in my book about when Danielle Lamport was on stage and she asked us burning question to turn, no, sorry, it was brief, Marie Folio asked you to turn yeah. to the person next to you and share business idea. And I remember thinking in my head, I don't know what it is. And I remember <laughs> making, making it up. I just made something up so that I could be part of the conversation. But I remember thinking, <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing. Right, but, right. but yeah, it was that moment where I was trying to figure out what we, what direction I was going. And I think you were too. So in saying that, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your story. Wilderness Walk is, is your business, right? It's your, it's well, kind of actually, what you've created. I have... I actually have three businesses. Oh, but I knew it. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, I have a little bit of an issue being a workaholic. Um, but, but yes. This is why I, I love you. <laughs> this, is, this is why you're my soul sister. <laughs> so I, I do have three businesses, but back, you know, first of all, I started many, many moons ago. I tell people all the time, that I must have gotten hit over the head at some point in my life because I actually thought my entire life I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, who wants to do this? Because it is 
definitely <laughs> not a path for the faint of heart. Um, but basically, I had been an entrepreneur really since I've been about 25 years old. And so it's amazing to me when I look back on my life and I say, oh my God, I can't believe that I actually supported myself for that, for that long because, you know, it is, it's a big feat to do that. So I started out as a psychotherapist and I had a private practice in New York. And it was one of those things that I got, I was really blessed. I started seeing a handful of clients. And it's funny because at that age, you know, you're wondering like, who the heck is going to see me? You know, most people are going to think, what, what does a 28, 29 year old have to offer somebody? But I specialized in adolescence. So I was working with a lot of young people and it was one of those things where I never had a website. I never did any marketing. It just flowed. And it was really an incredible experience to the point where I was seeing like 40 clients a week. I was wow so busy and I had a waiting list. And so that led to a whole nother part of my journey where as anyone could possibly imagine seeing 40 clients a week, I got so burnt out. And I had a master's degree in trauma recovery. And so I worked with a lot of trauma. I worked with a lot of sexual abuse survivors, a lot of people who had been in tragic accidents, a lot of loss. I also did all the 9-11 debriefing when 9-11 happened, when the Newtown wow. massacre happened. So I, I was just inundated with trauma. And for anyone who's ever worked with trauma, there's, you know, there is an actual diagnosis that talks about vicarious trauma. And, you know, you're carrying, I, I use the metaphor of a backpack because it's part of the wilderness walk, but I use the metaphor of, I was literally carrying a lot of people's trauma and stories in my own backpack. And it took a toll on my body. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I got divorced. I went through, you know, an immense period of my life where I felt like I had completely lost my way. And I had no idea uh, where I was going, what I really wanted. I ended up in a emotionally abusive relationship where I had no idea. You know, it's one of those things, you know, when you're a therapist, you know, people have this assumption that, you know, you live this perfect life and you have all the answers and you right. never have any problems. <laughs> and so imposter syndrome is real because you start to think about here I am, people are paying me for my guidance. And at the same time, I'm living, you know, kind of a shit show at home <laughs> where I'm in a relationship with someone who is emotionally abusive. So I went through a really hard time when I hit about 40 and I decided to part of that journey happened when I was ending that relationship. We had a dog together and anyone who knows me knows I am a fanatical animal lover and I've had animals my whole life. I grew up on a farm and so we had a dog together and I was very attached to that dog. 
And when I knew I needed to get out of that relationship, I knew the only way that I was really going to be able to cut that cord was if I left the dog too. And I knew if I had taken the dog, then it would just keep us, you know, connected in some weird way. And so I had at the, in my crazy mind at the time, I decided, well, I'll just get another dog from the same breeder who looked like the same, same male yellow lab. And that will be the answer to to all my problems. And then it's a long involved story, but I ended up synchronistically getting a golden retriever puppy at about 10 or 12 weeks. And it, it, it was just a very, it was all like, I call it divine choreography, the way that this all happened. <laughs> and basically as part of my own healing process, I started hiking every day and I would take her, I named her Grace and I would take her on hikes every day. And there was this one day that we were out hiking And we were in this beautiful preserve and it was one of those picture perfect days where we were in this meadow with wildflowers and tall grasses. And I just watched her and she was leaping through this field. And I said, that's how I want to live. You know, I want to live with that kind of joy and that kind of freedom and that kind of, you know, she was just free, you know? And so I remember having this really strong impulse to want to travel with her. But imagine I was seeing 40 clients a week and I thought, how am I ever going to be able to make that happen? And I finally, after a couple of months of figuring it out and how I was going to do it, I decided I was going to take this journey with her. And I had... My greatest fear, Denise, my whole life, my greatest fear has been my fear of being alone. And I, so much so that I went from one relationship to another relationship. And I finally made a conscious decision to face my greatest fear head on. And I made a conscious decision to be on my own and immerse myself in solitude. So in my also crazy mind at the time, I decided to hike a thousand miles across the United States, just me and my dog. And (laughs) yeah, it was, it was intense. I don't know why, but that I got chills down my arm because it's that decision that I'm doing. I'm doing it. Like it's scary as hell, but when you finally make the decision and jump into it, I mean, you can look back though. And I mean, can you feel it back and go, wow, (laughs) I did it. Right. Well, it changed. Yeah. And it yeah. changed the the entire course of my life. It changed right. everything. It was one of those. And I think everybody can relate to this. You know, when you're at a crossroads in your life and you can either go left or you can go right. Did you ever see the movie Sliding Doors? I haven't. All right. Anyone who's listening to this, you have to watch to this it. movie. Because <laughs> the great thing about this movie is the whole movie is takes place on whether she gets the subway or she misses the subway. And you think about like just such a minor choice like that. You know, you make the subway, you miss the subway, changes the entire trajectory of your life. And so when you make a big decision, like hiking a thousand miles across the country, it's one of those things. I had a choice 
where I could keep doing what I was doing, which I already knew wasn't working, or I could go into the direction of the complete unknown, complete uncertainty, and pray to God that I come out the other side of it changed for the better. And I didn't get, you know, killed or mauled by a bear in the woods or something other, you know, tragic would happen to me. But anyway, that journey really changed the course of my life. And through that journey, I felt very divinely guided to start writing a program that I now call the Wilderness Walk, because I believe that we are all born with an internal wilderness that we navigate through the course of our lives. And our wilderness is everything that encompasses all of our life experiences, all of our emotions, all of our belief systems, all of our wounds, all of our fears, our joys, everything is encompassed in this internal wilderness. And so what I realized on that journey is that I faced everything that I had spent a lifetime running from, all of my fear, my shame, my doubt, my anger, my resentment, everything that I had been carrying and holding on to that I had never faced. Because when you're walking in a wilderness eight to 10 hours a day, there's no distractions. So you, you don't have the ability, oh, I'm going to watch a Netflix movie or, hey, I'm going to have a glass of wine or, oh, I'm going to meet with a friend or, oh, I'm going to do this because we live our lives in constant distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when I did that, I had no distractions. And so it was incredibly scary. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. And it was the most liberating thing I've ever done. And, um, through that, I developed the wilderness walk. And since then I have now led close to a hundred people on their own journeys into their own wilderness all over the world. And I love it. Okay. So no matter where someone lives, they can do, they don't have to necessarily come to you to do this wilderness walk. You can set this path for them no matter where they live. Yes. Well, so the beautiful thing about it was I knew that people weren't going to be able to pick up and leave their lives for nine weeks or 10 weeks or three months or six months when people are actually doing a literal wilderness walk. So what I did was I developed a nine week program. So the first eight weeks of it is virtual and can be done anywhere. And then the last week is a live retreat. And that retreat I've done them in Costa Rica. I've done them in Alaska. I've done them all over the, you know, domestic United States. I've done it in Guatemala. So people can actually go to these destinations. And the last week of the, um, of the journey is sort of the culmination, the physical culmination and integration of everything that they've done for the eight weeks prior. That's yeah. so cool. Kind of tell me a little bit of details of like, what is, a typical week or series in in this wilderness walk? So knowing that I'm a a therapist, I became a freak around wanting to learn and understand what it meant to heal on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And so I did tons of research and all of this stuff about what that means. 
And so it is actually a virtual journey that people go on. So it's done in real time. They do it. I do it in small groups. So there's usually anywhere from 12 to 15 people doing it simultaneously. So they're doing their own journey, but they're journeying together, which is very powerful because when people go through this process together, when they come out the other side, it's, it's like they've known each other for lifetimes. I mean, it's just, they're very bonded. They're very connected. There's a lot of mirroring that happens in these journeys where people are like, Oh my God, thank God I'm not alone in this. Most of the people who do my journeys are midlifers. So we all know that when we hit 35 or 40, it's a whole different developmental phase of life. So we start to question everything. We start to think about, does my life have meaning? Does it have purpose? I feel like you're talking about me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Denise, you need to come on a wilderness walk. Um, Well, and it's true because it's a rite rite of passage that midlifers go through where we start to reflect and, and, and we're also closer to our mortality. So we right. start to, to think we like, does my life matter? Do, am I doing what, what truly matters to me? Am I creating the life that I want? Am I leaving an imprint? Will I have a legacy? I mean, these are all the kinds of questions that midlifers ask and simultaneously Midlifers have had enough universal two by fours, as I like to call them, over the head to wake them up where someone who might be in their, you know, their twenties or even early thirties haven't had that level of experience. So they might have gone through a divorce or they might have experienced loss or they might have gone through a career change or they might be going through um, some other type of transition. And so we all know that those are experiences that help us to wake up to who we are, what truly matters in the world, you know, who, what do we want to do? Who do we want to serve? All of those big questions. So the wilderness walk basically addresses a lot of that. And what I do is I take people on a journey and, and I do a lot of shadow work. So for those of you who don't know what shadow work is, shadow work is the part of ourselves that we have spent a lifetime running from. So there are things like we don't want to look at. We, we, we go into denial or we distract ourselves from it or we mm-hmm. suppress it. So whether it be our shame or our fear or it might be, um, suppressed anger, or it might be chronic self-doubt or anything like that. I journey, I take people into those places within themselves so that what people find out, and this is the amazing thing. And it's, I love this moment. Every time I see somebody get to this is that what we don't understand is that the stories that we tell ourselves about these experiences are far worse than oh, yeah. going into the experience. And so once people go into these places, they're like, okay, this isn't as scary as I thought. This isn't quite as bad as I thought. Or even if it is painful, they feel like they can navigate it and they can move through it. And then guess what happens? They get to a place where they don't have to run from themselves. You know, they they can embrace 
that they have these aspects of themselves. They can also embrace that they have all of these amazing aspects of themselves too, you know? So it's a great experience for, and I think everybody and their sister, mother, brother, father, everybody should go on a wilderness walk because I think it is the, if we look at this from a global perspective, all we need to look at is what's happening in our world is a reflection of what's happening within each of us. Right. And so I couldn't agree more. So if we really want to change the world, we need to start with changing ourselves. And we've really got to look at how are we showing up? You know, what are we not willing to admit? You know, I, I love the word, you know, radical honesty and radical transparency. One thing I tell people who I work with, if you can't get honest with yourself, you're never going to be able to, to move away from these things that you judge or you fear or whatever, because you're not even willing to admit it. Um, so there's a lot of freedom in it. And it's, it's a journey, I think, for people who are incredibly courageous. It's also a journey for people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, they really want something different. They want to live a life that's more aligned. They want to live a life that, you know, has deeper meaning and deeper purpose. So that's basically what I do, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does to me. It does to me. It, re- it really hits home for me because I, I also feel like it, within my life, I've had those moments where I've really connected and I feel like I've gotten there. And then now I, like you said... I'm hitting this age where I'm close to 50 and I'm, it's like, I'm questioning everything again. It's like, well, I'm like, why am I here? Like, I'm like, I thought I figured this stuff out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I shouldn't have to do this again. But it's again, that's moment where I'm, I'm looking at everything, career relationship and, and wondering, am I satisfied? And, and is this what I want to spend the next 20 years doing? And, and, what do I want? What do I want to change? And I am, I'm in that mindset of, of questioning everything, but, but that again is normal, right? Like you said, if we go on those little ups and downs. Yeah. It's a total rite of passage that every midlifer goes through. It's completely normal. And what I say to people all the time is that the key at those moments is not to look at what's not working in my life externally, but what's not working with my life internally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an old saying, if you want to know what you ordered, take a look at what's on your plate, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it, it, it's like, we have to understand we, we create yeah, our, our reality, right? <laughs> this is what we created. So I've also had to really say, cause I've, I've found myself kind of blaming other people around me rather yeah. than looking within too. So <laughs> yeah. like say, uh-uh, Denise. <laughs> but you know why like we do that? <laughs> but we do that because here's the number one fear people have. And I'm just going to put it out there. The number one fear people have is taking 100% personal <laughs> responsibility for their life. Right. So what happens is it's so much easier to blame somebody than to be responsible So we can say, well, you know, oh, my husband cheated on me or, oh, my, my father abandoned me or, oh, all this stuff happened. And what I say to people is those are experiences and those are wounds 
that get created along the path. But the bottom line is, is that the more you focus on them, the more you stay stuck because you don't change them. You don't change the past. What we can do is we can look at, okay, how, what do I want to learn from this? How do I want to grow from this? What do I want to not repeat again in the future? What's the lesson in all of this for me? And once we're able to do that, it it becomes so much easier because what happens for so many people is they stay stuck in this place of, well, if you just changed, everything would be fine. Or if if that just happened, (laughs) everything would be fine. Right. And then we're, and then we're pissed off because nobody's cooperating. (laughs) Or they do change a little bit and that's still not good enough. (laughs) Exactly. 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 I'm speaking from experience right now. (laughs) Full honesty right now. (laughs) So how, so how long you said you've been doing this for 10, did you say 10 years now? So I've been doing the wilderness walk now for about nine years. Nine years. Okay. And, um, and so I, and again, it's, it's something I, I love, 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 love doing, but I also, you know, I still see some private clients that I coach. I also started a nonprofit two and a half years ago where I focus on serving impact driven leaders. So basically, teaching frameworks and teaching um, collaborative models and teaching the ways that leaders can develop and create more exponential impact through their lives and through their businesses. So, yeah. So, I mean, and they're all very interconnected. You know, everything that I do is, is very, very interconnected. And I love it because it allows me to kind of express different aspects of myself and, and who I am and how I want to serve and so on. So I've been really, really enjoying that as well. What has been your biggest struggle? And it doesn't have to be within business. Um, if it, if that is, but what has been your biggest struggle and your biggest success? Um, I would say my biggest struggle, well, my biggest lessons, let me put it this way. My biggest lessons in life have all revolved around men. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so I always, I always say like my, the, the best teachers on my journey have been the men that have been in my life. And okay. so, I love that. yeah. And so, you know, a lot of it has been that every relationship has grown me. It has changed me. It has woken me up. It has altered me as a, as a person and who I want to be. So I feel like it's been a blessing in so, so, so many ways, but definitely has been one of those things where I truly believe that in this lifetime, my journey has been really about focusing on what I learned from those relationships as opposed to being in one relationship, you know, cause it's, you know, I'm 53 and I'm single. And, uh, and so that's been a very interesting part of my journey but and that, as far, that, that's been a choice for you though, right? To be single or no? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, do you really want to get into this? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
as a matter of fact, I do. You're all, I don't know if I don't. I mean, the, tr- <laughs> the truth is, is that I, you know, I would love to have a life partner in my life. It's not that I want to be single, but I right. choose to be single as opposed to being in a relationship that is not aligned yeah. with who I am and, and, and what I want to bring to the world. And so I don't want to stay in something where I feel like I, there's either complacency or mediocrity or whatever the case may be. So I feel like the more I call myself higher, the more I truly believe I will call in a partner that is the right partner for me. But I do feel very strongly that part of my journey in teaching, because I believe that we teach what we most need to learn. And so I think part of my teaching has been how to navigate through relationships and what we can learn from relationships. There's, I always say my teacher used to tell me we're born in relationship, we're wounded in relationship, and we have to heal in relationship. And so I think relationships are are powerful, powerful teachers. So I do believe that's been part of my path and part of what I have come here to teach. But at the same time, it's, it's not like I choose to be alone. I know that I can be alone and I'm, you know, I can find peace and happiness in that. But I also know that I'm still in that evolution of calling in the partner who I know is is right for me. What a beautiful way that you put it. I loved that you, you heal, you learn. I love, I just loved how you, what you said, so you repeat that again. You learn in relationships, you heal in relationships. So we're, bo- we're, last one. <laughs> so we're born in relationships. Born in. Okay. I love we're, that. We're wounded in relationship. Okay. Yeah. And, and then we heal in relationship. And but so it's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful way to look at because sometimes I think we look at relationships and I mean, just from personal experience and from friends and people I talk to, we look at relationships as sometimes we can look at it in such like a, a thorn, you know, like it's oh, so frustrating and it's just never right and nothing's ever perfect. But instead of, like I said, you know, I needed, I, I need to look inward and realize, okay, what am I, what, what, <laughs> what part of this relationship I'm, am I at? Am I healing? Am I growing? Am I, you know, what is, what am I, where am I at? What do I need to take away? What do I need to fix? What do I, you know, within myself? Like, right. it's, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, that's, I love how you said that. It's a great way to think about that and think about relationships. Well, and one of the things that I learned on my journey and I teach in the wilderness walk and with my clients is that what relationships give us is the ability to get triggered, right? So what ends up happening is, you know, your, your partner says something and it activates anger in you or it activates hurt or it activates something within you. And what I say to people all the time is that whenever you're triggered, it is a way that you're getting information in that moment of something in you that needs attention and healing. Okay. So, 
Yeah. So for instance, you know, if I'm hurt by something my partner says, then what is happening is he's actually just the catalyst to, it might be triggering an old wound that I have that I haven't fully addressed, or it might be triggering some feelings of abandonment that I have to, to look at, or I might be feeling rejected, or I might be feeling judged, or whatever the case may be. And so I, it's, it's an opportunity to see it as information. Oh, here I am. I'm feeling abandoned again. Clearly, I need right. to work on this issue around abandonment, right? So right. It, it just really gives us an opportunity to see ourselves in a way that if we weren't in relationship, and this isn't just romantic relationships, this is relationships yeah, friendships with friendships, parents, family, everything that, you know, they're the greatest activators for triggers. You know, we, we, you know, all you have to do is go home for Thanksgiving and you'll get activated. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. That's why yeah. I go on a trip. <laughs> I no longer do Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I, when I first met my husband, I grew up in a family where my father was very wealthy, but money was always a big thing and talked about a lot. I, so I had a lot of like, it, not issues around money, but I always knew that the more I made, the more important I was, you know, the more successful I was depending on how much money I had, you know? Right. And so I remember when I was first with my husband and he would bring up money or anything around the money issue, I would get really defensive. Mm -hmm. And I, and it was just like this trigger for me. And then finally, I just kind of, cause he finally said, you know, why do you get so upset when I asked like how much it was or what? What did that cost? Or because when we were trying to, you know, as a couple, you try, you bill and budget mm. together. And, but I would get so defensive, like, don't ask me how much I spent. You know, it's my, mm. this is my money, my business. You know, I would just get these like defense walls mm. that would just go flying up. But it was just from my past. It had nothing to do with him or him questioning me. But we would get in fights. Over this. Well, of course. You know, this was, yeah. <laughs> because what people don't understand is that when they come into relationship together, they're coming, and again, I'm going to use a wilderness walk metaphor, you each come into a relationship with your own backpack. Right. So in your backpack is every life experience you've ever had, every wound you've ever carried, you know, everything that's ever happened to you. And so what ends up happening in relationship is that all of that stuff starts to come out and get activated and get triggered. And so, but here's the good thing. I say to people all the time, if we didn't get triggered, we didn't, we wouldn't know what needs to be healed. Right. And you so they're really, yeah. yeah. So they're really important markers to say, Oh, this is something within me that is still needing my attention, still needing to be addressed. And not from a place of I need to be fixed, but, you know, it might be a place where I need to bring more self-compassion or I might need to really look at re reframing my limiting beliefs or whatever the case may be that's getting activated around that. Because even if it wasn't your husband doing it, it would be somebody else. You know, there's always going to be somebody... Right. going to activate that. 
which is why, you know, I always say to people, no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going to come yeah. up. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You now jump into your biggest success. Oh, my biggest success. Um, you know, I think the biggest success that I've ever had in my life has been my own personal evolution, my own personal growth. I feel like I look at who I am today compared to who I was when I was 20 or 25 or 30 or 35. And I can actually see, you know, the breadcrumbs, if you will, along the path that have helped me evolve and helped me to grow. And I, I'm finally at a place in my life where I feel really aligned with who I am, who I want to be, what my purpose is. And, you know, not that everything in my life is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I almost feel like there's nothing in my life that can happen that I, I don't have the ability or the tools to manage or move through. And so I feel, I think that's a big win. And I will say, you know, a lot of it has to do with my own personal perseverance and courage and willingness along my journey to do that. And so to me, that means more to me than any amount of money I could make or any amount of anything else, because, you know, at the end of the day, that to me is what truly matters is that when I put my head down in the pillow that I like who I'm sleeping with. Right. <laughs> I agree. And I think, I think just you making the leap that you, I mean, to me, that's so fascinating to just leave New York. That takes so much courage to build up to say, you know what, I'm going to jump. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> well, and I think again, I think, it, I think we all, there's all different kinds of levels of courage. And what I say right. to people all the time, I say, just walking out your front door every day takes courage. You know, you have no idea what's on the other side. You know, you True. have no idea. True. I mean, we, we live in constant uncertainty. I mean, COVID is a perfect example of all of that. So right. I feel like we all have courage. I think what happens for many of us is that we tell ourselves the story that we can't do something because we wouldn't survive it or we wouldn't know how to navigate it or we wouldn't know how to deal with it. And so for me, because I think a huge part of my life's purpose is to walk people into the unknown, I had to face the unknown because you can't walk someone else through it if right. you've never been there yourself. And so I feel like it's just been my life's path. And, and trust me, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, I had night terrors as a kid. I mean, I was terrified of being alone. But again, I think I needed to have that experience too, so that I would know the polarity of what it's like to live in constant terror and what it's like to be free of it. And I think too, you said, you said, you know, I had to walk it in order to teach it. You know, one of the key things I think anybody who's listening, when you think about if you're wanting to, or you have the urge to change a path or, or make a shift, if you don't have the courage within you, I think it's important that you know, you know, find someone who's already done it, seek the help, mm -hmm. seek their advice that so they can show you the way. 
because they've done it themselves. Yeah. I love that you say that because one of the things that I tell people all the time is that we can choose to be around two different types of people. We can choose to be around the people who actually um, collude with us, meaning they actually reinforce our limiting beliefs. They actually, will, like, they'll say, yeah, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that. Or we have the people who call us higher. And the people who call us higher will always want what is in our greatest good. And they'll be like cheering you on and inspired and so on and so forth. So it's really important to see who you surround yourself with and, you know, who you seek out as coaches, teachers, all of that. Yeah. Now that's a good thing to also say, you know, take a good look around who Mm -hmm. people you surround yourself as an example of maybe how you're living your life. Yeah, if you want to know what you ordered, take a look at what's on your plate. (laughs) That's right. You already said this. Exactly. That's right. Okay, so I want to end with a question. You know, the the podcast is based on my body, my business, and and there's two there's two kind of philosophies with that. So my body affects my business, it affects my success. So how I take care of myself is a reflection of my business and the work and, and how well it's doing. And then also to my body, my business, it's my business. So how I decide to take care of myself, how I decide to feed myself. So I always like to ask my guests, what can you enlighten with us on how you treat your body and how it affects your business and your life? You know, whether it's you know, your vibration, your energy, your focus, your drive, your, the way you eat, what are some, you know, one or two tips that you do for yourself daily that help with the success of your business? Well, I am one of those people who believe in the power of rituals. So to me, I start every morning with a spiritual practice, whether that's journaling, meditating, whether that's, you know, time in nature, whether that's, you know, doing some type of reading, doing some visioning, whatever that might look like. I'm a strong believer that we need practices to help ground us and to help us tune in. So that's one thing. And I would say, you know, the other thing is, I mean, and a lot of what I do in the world is um, I spend a lot of time outdoors. I mean, to me, nature is my greatest teacher. So, you know, spending time hiking, spending time, you know, out in nature, you know, I sometimes I'll go out and I'll, you know, take a hike somewhere and I'll just sit and I'll meditate or do whatever because the vibration alone of, of nature is, is really, really powerful. And so that's a really important thing. And the last thing that I'll say is that Again, it comes back to that thing I was saying earlier about self-responsibility. And I say to people, anything that you think, anything that you eat, anything that you say, anything that you do is a reflection of what's going on within you. So to me, I have full responsibility. I am the captain of my own ship. And I have to take 100% responsibility for all of those things. You know, uh, Oprah once said, you know, 
you're responsible for the energy you bring to a space or into a room. And, and it's true. It's every, everything is a choice. Anything I put in my mouth, anything that I think, anything that I say, anything that I do, it comes from a place of conscious or unconscious choice. And it's up to me to own that good, bad, or indifferent but I can learn from it and I can say, Hey, you know, every time I do that, I don't feel good or it makes me feel worse about myself. Maybe that's something I need to look at. Maybe that's something I need to change. So it really comes back to that piece of real true self-responsibility. Ah, I love you. You're so amazing. <laughs> I come on. I wish she lived closer. <laughs> well, don't think that I'm not going to be sending out the next wilderness walk invitation. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm already saying yes. No, I just I loved everything that everything you said on this podcast today. I needed to hear first off. Um, it was a great reminder for me. So I know it's going to be a great reminder to my listeners. So let's tell them how they can get in touch with you. Where the, can they find you on social media and your website? Yeah. So, I mean, on social media, it's just, you know, Suzanne Hanna. You can look up H-A-N-N-A-S-U-Z-A-N-N-E. Um, my personal website is SuzanneHanna.com. And then I also have TheWildernessWalk.com. And it's, um, you know, so either of those places people can find me. There's also contacts, um, on both of those websites where people, people can reach out personally. And I love having these kinds of conversations because I think that they need to happen because what we don't realize is that you and I having this conversation, it might, it might be the seed that needs to get planted in somebody else who might be at that crossroad, who right. needs to make that choice or that decision. And so we can't underestimate, you know, the power of, of, I believe everything is divine choreography. So we're, too. we're definitely in a place where, you know, somebody might need to see, hear something. And so, you know, it's, it's a powerful, um, it's a powerful thing just to be able to be open and, and receptive to those kinds of conversations. Loved having you on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm definitely going to keep in touch. We've been, we've kind of lost touch a little bit, but yeah. we're back on. We're back on. I'm telling you. We're I'm back on, road, baby. I'm going on a road trip. Road trip. I mean, you're but closer I just, now. I know. And I will just say that, um, you know, your relate, our relationship is a perfect example of divine choreography because as you explained in the very beginning of this podcast about how we met and how it was like this immediate attraction connection. And it's so funny because I know that those relationships always come back around, right? Yeah, they agree. always do. Or there's something that that person said or did that we remember. And so that's why I feel relationships are such powerful teachers, you know, so. Right. Well, thank you for being here to guys and thank you for joining us on the podcast and we will see you next week on my body, my business. 
My Body, My Business podcast was sponsored by Salus Lifestyles, a corporate wellness company building wellness solutions for companies and busy professionals. Need more information about our services? Email us at info at or visit our website at www.salusslifestyles.com.